Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I am a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. Today, our guest will be Adam Levin, sports director from Brandeis University. But first, let's check out what's happening this week in the sports world. First, sports are back! Bundesliga is the first major soccer league to reopen their games. And also, there is baseball now in Taiwan. Unfortunately, their games are at 5 a.m. in the morning. Back here in the States, baseball is trying to come back and the NBA players still hope to finish their season. In my record book, even if the Lakers do win, LeBron will still be behind Michael Jordan. Speaking of Michael Jordan, the last dance is almost over. Spoiler alert, the Bulls win. Strange news alert, a five-year-old boy was pulled over in Utah on his way to California. He had three dollars in his pocket. He told the officer, I plan to buy a Lamborghini. I do not know about you, but this makes me think of Short Round from the Indiana Jones series Temple of Doom, driving a car with boxes on his feet. Our next segment is unscripted. Some shows have a mystery cape while fancy producers give them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I'm going to draw some news and opinions from the week. I will give my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. First off, Ray's pitcher, Blake Snell, said it is not worth the risk to play baseball this year. I am not going to disagree or agree with him because I think everyone has a right to, to do what they want. If he doesn't feel safe playing, he doesn't have to play. But every player has a right to play or decide. Second off, who will win the charity golf match? Tiger and Peyton or Phil and Tom Brady? I'm a big Tiger Woods fan, but I have to go with Phil and Tom Brady. Because Phil beat Tiger one-on-one, I know Brady won't let Peyton beat him this time. Phil and Brady will have the desire and the fire to win. Our last unscripted is, which extreme sports show are you most excited about this summer? Holy moly, the Titan Games or Ultimate Tag. I have to go with ultimate tag it sounds so fun because it's based on a child's game but they made it extreme and ultimate it's gonna be a fun thing to watch next is heroes and zeros with my twin brother gabriel take it away gabriel thank you jonah this is heroes and zeros this segment is where we focus on the best and the worst of the sports world. Our zeros of the week, Quinton Dunbar, Seahawks cornerback, and DeAndre Baker, Giants cornerback, arrested for armed robbery and assault. They stole money and watches from a party forcefully in Miramar, Florida. A allegation said Baker told a man in a mask to shoot someone when he walked in. On Friday, they turned themselves in. Their fate lies in the hands of the court now. 
It's hard to believe that when we are social distancing, they find a, a way to do something so stupid. But they did. That's why they are our zeros of the week. Now on to hero of the week. Conor McGregor for donating PPE to 170 facilities in Ireland. He has done this for every week since April 30th. He has donated 1.4 million euros worth of PPE. Thank you. That's all for today, folks. Back to you, Jonah. Next, we have a new segment called Stick By Your Picks. Gabriel and I will dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We will pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right. We are very confident. We will not change our minds or our picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not bet your house on our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. We start off with week one. Announcer, tell us the first game. The Houston Texans visit the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 10 points. I think the Chiefs will win on a blowout. The Texans have no chance with no Hopkins. They only have Watson and J.J. Watt. Thank you, Gabriel. I also will pick the Chiefs. The Texans have some new players. But the Chiefs have their same old quarterback and receivers. The Chiefs are going to destroy. Announcer, what is the next game? The Miami Dolphins visit the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by six and a half points. I will obviously pick the Patriots. They will blow them out of the water because the, pa- the Dolphins have all new players and the coaches have not really worked together with the players because of the COVID-19. But the Patriots have the strength and have worked together as a team before. So normally I would choose the Dolphins, but no one knows who their quarterback is. So I have put my money on Belichick. Announcer, what is the next game? The Dallas Cowboys visit the Los Angeles Rams. The Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. I will pick the Rams. They have an elite defense that will destroy the offensive line of the Cowboys. It will be a blowout. I am also choosing the Rams. The Cowboys are a mess with very little time to practice and a new coach. This is a recipe for disaster. What is the next game? The New York Giants host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are three and a half point favorite. I will pick the Steelers. The Giants have new coaches and new staff. So I think the Steelers are going to win because the Giants have not worked together again. And the Steelers have a big combination because between their coach and their quarterback. I am also choosing the Steelers because, like I said before, new coach, little practice, recipe for disaster. What is the last game? The Tennessee Titans go to Mile High Stadium to play the Broncos on Monday night. Broncos are favored by two and a half points. 
I will choose the Broncos. Titans have to go up to Denver with one hour behind and with the atmosphere. Henry cannot carry the load versus Drew Locke and Loaded and Melvin Gordon. I will have to go with the Titans. They're coming off a big season beating the Patriots in the wildcard game. They have Derrick Henry who can destroy and Ryan Tannehill who surprised everybody midway through the season. I think the Titans have what it takes to beat the Broncos in mile high. Bonus question. Will the season start on time? I think the season will start on time. Because I think we can find a cure and stop the spreading of this disease. I also think that the season will start on time, but there will be no fans or very little of them with two seats apart. So don't expect the stadiums to be full. Announcer, give us the total for, for the week. So recapping this week, Jonah and Gabriel have both selected the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Rams, the Steelers, and the one game difference is that Jonah selected the Titans while Gabriel went with the Broncos. Thank you. Today, my guest is Adam Levin, Sports Information Director at Brandeis University. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure, John. So how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day up in Massachusetts. Temperatures are in the, in the high 70s, low 80s. Wow. So you can't complain about that, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. So how did you become a Sports Information Director? Well, uh, that's a good question. It's the kind of thing that I didn't even know that it was a job when I got to college. Um, I didn't know how scores got into the newspaper from colleges, especially from a small college like Brandeis. Um, so yeah. when I was my first week there, I was looking for a work study job. And I also decided I was going to volunteer to be the manager of the baseball team. Oh. So I went to the sports information director there at the time and said, um, you know, I'd love to be the manager of the baseball team and keep scoring all the games and help on the scoreboard. He said, great. And he told me that it was a paying position. I said, wait a minute, this wow. is a paying position to, to keep score at the baseball games? And he said, yeah, and there's other stuff that you have to do. So that include calling the newspapers afterwards and letting them know the scores and, and stuff like that. Um, but that's, that's sort of the basics of it. I just, I went in wanting to do one job, found out that, you know, there was a whole lot more to it. And realized, yeah. uh, you know, like I, I like to say, by the time I, I graduated college, I was spending as much time at the gym as I was going to my classes. Mm. So I saw that at one point you worked with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. I'm a big fan. So I want, okay. I, uh, how was that experience? That was great. That was my first internship out of college in their public relations department. And mm really cool you know their offices are in Fenway Park or they were at the time so you know I got to wake up every day I got on the on the tee got on the, the subway and yeah. went right to right to Fenway Park um, you know and it could be some long days because you still had to be there at nine o'clock in the morning even if there was a game that night so I yeah. got there at nine in the morning and could be there till till midnight if it was a, an extra innings game but uh, wow. it was great um, you know, I got to type up, help do the notes that they would give to the broadcasters and the reporters before the game, and then do some notes 
for after the game. And um, the most, the coolest job I had probably doing that was um, at the time, the back in the, in the nineties, the technology wasn't as great and they had what they called the tail of the tape. And they had this big paper chart that showed sort of every row and every seat in the outfield at Fenway park. And it would tell you how far that was each seat was from home plate. And so it was up to me to figure out how far the home run went based on what seat it landed in. Uh -oh. or this was before they had green monster seats. Had to figure out where over the green monster the ball went and did it look like it was a high fly ball or a line drive and how far did the, did the home runs go. And so oh. it, was, it was a lot of guesswork a lot of times, but it was, it was pretty cool being able to be the guy to, to do that. So uh, why do you like working with college athletes? Because uh, some might be like rude to you. So why do you like working with them? Well, that's the great part, I think, about um, working at college and in a small college. That's why I've been at Brandeis for a long time. Um, and it, part of it came out of that experience uh, interning for the Red Sox because oh. um, I, when I was there in 1994 and 1995, the players went on strike. Uh -huh. And so to me, um, you know, I might look at it different now with, with 30 years of experience, but to me at the time it was a battle between the millionaire players and the billionaire owners um, having uh, an, an argument and me who was making next to nothing was getting mm. caught in the middle and I was out of a job. Um, so like I said, I, I might, I might think of it differently, but it meant, but I, I was always anxious to get back to college sports. And yeah. I, I, I won't say I've never met a rude Division three athlete, but mm. I, can, I can count them on, on one hand probably. Um, so, you know, any student athlete that ends up at Brandeis yeah. deserves to be at a place like Brandeis and is, is going for a great college experience beyond just playing basketball or soccer. Yeah. So, uh, who are some of the well-known uh, athletes who went to Brandeis? So, there are probably two well-known athletes. We're saying well-known for today. Um, one is the former Major League Baseball player, Nelson Figueroa. Um, okay. He pitched for a bunch of different teams. and he was, he was a pitcher on the team when I was a student there. So, I remember oh. seeing him in college. Um, so, he... Um, and he has, he spent a couple of years as a broadcaster for the Mets. So he was, um, he was on the Mets broadcasting, but he pitched for, uh, Arizona. He pitched for the Phillies. He pitched for the Mets. He pitched for Pittsburgh, Houston. He pitched for a lot of teams. Um, he was, he's probably one the most well-known at this point. And then the other well-known one, it's well-known in maybe a niche sense, but, uh, we had a, a fencer named Tim Morehouse oh. who won a, um, a silver medal in, I think in 2004, oh. uh, I'm sorry, 2008, he would have, he would have won it in 2008. He won a silver medal at the Olympic games. Um, and he's been a pretty big advocate for the sport of fencing, um, across the board. So he's maybe not as famous if you're not into fencing, but yeah. in the fencing world, he's very well known. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, so how many sports does Brandeis have? Brandeis has 19 sports. Oh, 19. Yep. 
So does it have football? We do not have football. So Brandeis had football when it started in the, um, Brandeis has only been around since 1948. Oh. So through the fifties, they had a football team up until, um, 1959. Mm. Uh, um, and they decided at the time, so they, they sort of, they used the program to help build, um, a little bit of a, uh, of a national name. They went and yeah. played teams around the country and helped, help build the brand. That's probably what we would call it today, but that's not what they called it back then. Um, and what they found was that towards the end of that year, some of the student athletes that they were, that they were bringing into the college were um, not Brandeis quality as far as students. They were, yeah. they were maybe upholding the athlete end, but not the student end as much. Mm. Uh, so they decided to, to stop the football team. Uh, so how has COVID-19 affected the college sports world? It's been huge. I mean, we, it, 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 it's stopped it pretty much stopped it cold in a lot of ways. Um, in division three, the division three basketball tournament had just finished up its first weekend. Um, you know, the division one tournament hadn't started yet. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, I know they, they, they stopped conference tournaments. So one game, I think, was stopped right at halftime. Yeah, they just it was. Playing. Um, so the Division three basketball tournament, we had two student athletes who were uh, who had arrived in North Carolina for the Division three track and field championships. Wow. Um, and so they arrived, I think, on a Wednesday and for the meet, which was going to start on Friday. And on Thursday, the NCAA – declared that uh, all all winter championships and all spring yeah. championships would be canceled. Wow. Um, so it's, it's really, it's a sad way for the seniors in sports like baseball and yeah. softball and tennis to have to, you know, basically have their, their career ended. Um, you know, the NCAA granted them an extra year of eligibility. Oh, really? So, yeah. So if students want to come back as a graduate student, um, they're allowed to do that. And as far as I know, Brandeis has, has a graduate business school. Um, and we have quite a few who are going to take them up on, on the offer. Um, so um, so that, that's good news. But, yeah, but really we, we did just last night, we did our, um, our usual end-of-the-year awards dinner. Um, wow. That it's an, it's an end-of-the-year awards video that we broadcast. We told all the teams at 7 o'clock. Here's get around your computer virtually, you know, everybody did yeah. their zoom call and, uh, and hopefully, uh, they all watched the, the video at the same time, the way that they would have gathered for a banquet. So, uh, what do you think college sports will, will look like next year? That's a good question. Nobody, nobody really knows at this point, you know, we still, the biggest question is whether colleges are even going to come back to campus in, yeah. in August and September. And, if they don't, if then who knows whether fall sport athletes are going to get their senior year. You know, there's some talk about um, pushing fall sports back into the spring. So oh. everything would happen in the spring. Um, you know, I think until, uh, you know, what we hear is that until there's widespread testing and vaccinations and stuff, mm -hmm. I don't think there will be fans at 
at any of our games. I think, um, you know, the players will be playing in front of, you know, empty, empty bleachers as it were. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think some sports could, could look very different. You know, your football, I know that they're anxious to get back and, and luckily it's not something we at Brandeis have to deal with, but it seems to me that a sport with contact like that really needs everything to be that much more safe. Yeah. You know? And soccer as well, to some extent, you know, those, those kids, I've seen them battle, uh, battle for a header or, or battle for a, a loose ball. Uh, that can yeah. be pretty physical as well. So it'll so, be very interesting to see. Do you think college athletes should get paid? Um, you know, I think, I think if there is a, an opportunity for them to make, to earn money outside of their sport, then I think they should certainly have that opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that it should be the schools, the universities, the NCAA, who is, who is the one paying. Oh. The right. But I think if, um, you know, if I, I don't even know if, if Joe Burrow, let's say last year, I, I, I couldn't tell you a quarterback who's coming back. So let's say if Joe Burrow last year um, went to LSU and, 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 a, and a car dealership in Baton Rouge thought that they could sell more cars by using, by paying Joe Burrow to advertise for them. Yeah. I don't see why he shouldn't have that opportunity the same way that any other college student, if you were to, you know, when your podcast gets successful and you're, yeah. and you're raking in the money from, uh, you know, from Squarespace and, <laughs> and stamps.com, um, there's no, there's no reason you should have to, you would have, you would have to stop doing that if you, yeah. you know, when you're in college. So I don't see why, um, why student athletes should be any different. So what has been your favorite thing about your job so far? my favorite thing about the job as a whole or my favorite sort of the favorite event, favorite memory as a memory. Um, I, I mean, there, there are definitely a lot of them. Um, and it's funny because one of my favorite stories to relate, I think is about a time when I wasn't even able to be at the game. Um, and this is one reason that I'm so lucky to be at a place like Brandeis because I had told them a year prior that mm -hmm. on a particular weekend in the fall that it was my um, my niece's bar mitzvah. Oh. She lives in Washington, D.C. So a year earlier, I had told them that on what it, it was the second weekend of the NCAA soccer tournament. And yeah. our teams were doing very well that year. And so I said, look – if, if they're, you know, I have to go away this weekend. It's, I told you a year ago and we'll find a way to make it work, but we need to, um, we need to do that if that happens. And, and, yeah. and at some point it seems very unlikely that the teams were going to be hosting that weekend, that, that, um, you know, that second or actually it's the third and fourth round weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, but as the women, but both, both teams won their first two round games and, but the, the men were in a bracket with one of the top, with an undefeated team. So we knew that they would be going to travel to play that undefeated team where it was very likely. 
the women um, were also had an undefeated team in their bracket. And so he figured, oh, well, that's the team that's going to be hosting them. So we don't have to worry about hosting and I don't have to worry about missing this, this weekend. Yeah. And as we looked at the teams that they were scheduled to play, we found out was that two of the, one of the teams was the team was from the school that the men were going to be traveling to. So we knew that they couldn't be hosting. Yeah. One of the teams was in Maryland. So they weren't going to take three teams from New England and send them to Maryland. So now it's down to us and the undefeated team. What I found out later is that that school was hosting another NCAA championship. Oh. So they couldn't host the soccer one because they were hosting field hockey. So suddenly as the third or fourth te- four teams, we end up hosting this regional. And um, I thought I was going to have to work at it, but, you know, again, this is where Brandeis was great. We worked together. I found, um, and this is why my profession is great. Yeah. Um, I called up the sports information directors at other local schools. I said, are you busy this weekend? Can you help me out and help me host this, um, this division three women's soccer game. And um, one of my colleagues on campus and one of my colleagues at another school um, stepped up and, and helped me out as I will to go to my, my niece's bot mitzvah. Wow. The second part of the story is that both teams won their first round game and had a chance to make it to the final four. And both yeah. games were played sort of at a window between events. You know, you have, you know, maybe the, the service in the morning and then uh, dinner at night. And then yeah. on Sunday, you have another thing in the morning, the brunch with all the people from out of town who are getting together. Um, so there was a window between when the, the, I don't remember whether it was Saturday, the service on Saturday morning or whether it was on Sunday morning. But um, there was the window that the game was, like the games were being played. And I told my wife, I was like, take Drew, take my son, do whatever you want with the family. I'm going to be in the hotel room for a three hour span watching these soccer games. And, you know, the teams probably aren't going to win. I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens, but, um, you know, but I just, I can't be where I can't be with the family for that yeah. period of time. But thankfully it wasn't a big event. I wasn't expected that I didn't have to be at. Um, and basically what happened is the men won their game in a blowout and the women, and this is, I'm watching all this on my little screen, just like yeah. we're talking to each other right now. Um, the, the men won their game in a blowout. So I was able to concentrate on watching the women's game, which is on our home field. And yeah. they were down two goals with about 10 minutes to go to a team that had only allowed four goals, four goals all season. So after they went down two nothing, they scored once with about like 40 seconds after the other team scored their goal to get on the board. Then they went. At, then they scored about five minutes after that to tie it, mm-hmm. and then thirty seconds after that they scored again to go mm-hmm. ahead. So they took a three-two lead with like five minutes to go. The other team scored with three point seven seconds left before the clock ran out. Yeah, we won in overtime on the first shot of overtime to uh, to advance. So both teams ended up going to the the final four. That's um, an amazing story. It was, and, and it was it was thrilling to watch two, those two games. And, you know, I was disappointed I couldn't be there, but um, so thankful that I was able to, you know, yeah. be at my niece's bat mitzvah and at the same time, um, you know, cheer the teams on from, from afar. Yeah. 
So, for my listeners out there, Adam was on Jeopardy and came in within $18 of beating James Holzauer. What was that experience like, and would you ever do it again? Um, the experience was amazing. Uh, I've watched Jeopardy my whole life, and to be able to to get the call to be on it was, you know, yeah. was a dream come true. Um, you know, to be able to walk out onto the set and and meet Alex Trebek in person and um, and and just and see that big board of 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 questions and yeah and, and be able to do it was was amazing. Um, you know, I was able to because of the 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 some of the legal stuff behind it. I ended up watching a whole day's worth of taping without being selected to be on the show, and I got to see James. Mm. Um, do his thing as amazing as he was. Um, but that really helped me out and it actually gave me confidence because I was like, I don't think this guy's good, but is he really that much better than I am? Um, and I, I didn't think he was. So I went out there and was able to, to go and play toe to toe with him, And and the game itself was amazing to answer your second question. Would I ever do it again? Everybody who's ever been on jeopardy will tell you that they would kill to do it again. Um, it's, it's just, it's so much fun. It's adrenaline rush. Um, you know, and I guess if I ever did it again, I probably wouldn't have to face James. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If they ever had a, uh, a second chance tournament, I am all for it. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming today. And as you may know, we asked every guest to take a rapid fire quiz. Absolutely. So clear your mind and get ready. I'm here for it. You ready? Sure. Okay. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Cats or dogs? Dogs, I guess. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Inside or outside? Inside. Car or motorcycle? Car. Chair or couch? Couch. Football or football? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh... That's a tie. Hmm. Pool or beach? <laughs> uh, pool. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Good job. All now, right. One final question. Yep. My listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? My highest score in bowling? Um, I'm going to say like a 125 i'm not very good wow well is that is that at typical? least you got into the hundreds yeah it was it was definitely it was it was i don't think it was much more than a one-time thing but uh yeah yeah so thank you for joining me today on my this pleasure, week's John. interview my pleasure that was a fun interview i can't believe adam almost won jeopardy i hope he gets another chance at it Social distancing is not fun, but I have a solution. With everybody stuck at home, we are all watching more TV and movies than ever before. This week, I want to tell you about a movie I've loved, The Explorers. That is right, we're going back to the 80s. This movie stars Ethan Hawke and River Phoenix. They are so young, you will not recognize them. 
This movie had it all. Aliens, middle school humor, classic 80s, absentee parents, and lots of adventure. Special effects were not as good as today, but that's okay. The plot makes up for it. I give it two thumbs up. Five star rating. What would sports talk be without list? Bupkis. So here are my list of the day. Top five foods to eat while at a sports event. Number five, French fries. Crunchy and crispy, but still not a meal. Number four, a hot dog. It is easy to hold and stand to watch the game. Number three, peanuts. At baseball games, no rules, just throw them on the floor. Number two, nachos. Messy all over your face. Kablamo. Number one, chips and dip. Sounds simple, but it is my favorite. Unlike the nachos, the chips never get soggy. The combo crunch and dip is what elevates this to the top. We'll cam, we'll cam, flavor all over the place. All right, thanks for joining me for this edition of Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Till then, see ya! You can find the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast on your favorite podcast service. Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show. This has been a Hefeweizen Podcast production.